This is Multifamily Foundation, your show for buying apartment buildings. Now, your host, Jason and Peely. Are you ready to take your multifamily game to the next level? Well, you need to join us October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, for our one-day multifamily foundation workshop. We're going to bring it to you live. We got a list of 15 speakers. They're going to go through the process of everything it takes to get your mind right, get the deal right, learn the terms, understand the markets, learn how to find the deals, learn how to underwrite the deals, learn how to put your team together, everything from property managers to brokers to insurance companies. Beyond that, what's the proper way to raise funds for a deal and how to close a deal and what to do after you take over a deal. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be awesome for you to join us. Got a great space. It's going to be here in New Jersey, in Springfield, New Jersey. Of course, it's going to be a one-day event, but we got everything packed in from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Right now, if you put in the code workshop, you're going to get a special discount. And again, that code is workshop, but you need to go to multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com and go fast because we've sold a ton of tickets for this. I actually was able to get a bigger room, so but that's filling up quickly as well. So again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Put in the code uh, workshop. There we go. Got that down and look forward to seeing you so we can all take massive action together. And hello again and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. You have Jason today. Peely's out there making it happen, but you are in good hands. We have an exciting guest for you and it's gone back all the way to episode 133 where we did have Amir Dukic on the show. Amir, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jason. How about yourself? I'm doing great. And so Amir is with Rabu, which is his company. Um, right. At the time, he had 25 units under management and he's based down there in Charlotte, North Carolina. But we've, I mean, we're talking now almost, geez, two years ago, we had you on the show and we talk, spoke, I guess, maybe a month ago about all the awesome opportunities that you've been working on. So we got you back in the show. We're excited to have you. Give us a little recap of where you were doing and where you stand today. Yeah, no, Jason, first of all, thanks for having me back. Excited to be back on. Yeah, I think when I was on, I think you're right. It was right at uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, you know, we had just, yep. Yeah, we had uh, just started this, well, we had started building out our Airbnb business out here in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I think when I first talked to you, I'd be right around 25 properties, if I remember correctly. And we are now at 70 uh, properties that we manage uh, here in the Charlotte area. We also have some in Atlanta and in Savannah. Uh, and over time, we've also started working with other um, property investors who are trying to get into the Airbnb space, and have started providing them with some tips and tricks on how to do that. So, uh, you know, we feel like we're helping educate the community on what it's like to be an Airbnb host uh, and giving them some tools to do that effectively. Awesome. What, what are some of those tips and tricks that have, are most beneficial for people to really grow their Airbnb business? Yeah, so you know, one of the ones that we get a lot of questions about and it's how we started is on the rental arbitrage side, right? Where you go to somebody who has a, a long-term listing and you make them an offer to turn them turn their long-term listing into a short-term listing by paying them a higher fee. Uh, and I received a lot of questions from people on how to, how to actually identify those properties, you know, what research to do ahead of time, ahead of even reaching out to the owners. Uh, and my response to them was, don't do too much due diligence. Uh, it's not too dissimilar than when you send out mailers, uh, reach out to as many people as possible, 
see, see which ones are actually open to the idea and to the concept of short-term rentals and Airbnbs. And then once you've started you know, establishing a lead at that point, uh, that's when you do a little bit more due diligence. But people like to do it the other way around. They overanalyze where my, my strategy and really successful strategy to date has been reach out first, and then if they turn into a lead, evaluate the effectiveness of that lead. No, that's a great point, right? You don't want to spend all this time analyzing a property when it just might be an ultimately no by the time you ask, right? So, Exactly. It's really interesting because you know this is still a new concept to people, so you'll get a lot of no's right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other questions we get are, do you tell them you're going to do an Airbnb right away, or do you wait until you meet them in person? My response to that is, be forthright and let them know right away. Uh, and that's because... You know, you don't want to get, you don't want to waste your or their time. Uh, if they're at least open to talking about it, then that's uh, that's a strong lead. You don't want to spend hours with somebody and then tell them you want to turn it into an Airbnb and then you know get rejected. Uh, so, what's the best way to ask that question? Like, so what are you asking when you're asking this person if you you can use a, a unit or a bedroom or something in their house? Yeah, I mean, so we definitely only do full units. We haven't. Uh, tried the uh, bedroom or you know the the room rent out renting yet uh, just because we uh, there's there's too many factors we can't control uh, mm-hmm. like the interaction between the different tenants inside inside the home right so we uh, we, we prefer and strip do full full homes uh, or full condos or apartments um, but honestly just a simple question of uh, at the beginning telling hey I'm willing to do an Airbnb I want to use your properties in Airbnb I'm going to take great care of it. It's going to be handled like a five-star resort because that's what is tied to my performance. And I want you to be ahead of that, aware of that ahead of time. And um, I'm giving you an incentive for doing so. I'm giving you, you know, five to 10% additional uh, rent, basically. Do you reach out to people who are, are not actively looking for rentals or, or is, it, is that part of the marketing campaign or is it really just best sourcing people who are, or are I guess, uh, soliciting for rent, renters? It's, it's reaching out to people who are uh, looking for long-term tenants. And then um, at least that's how we started. We started reaching out to people that were looking for long-term tenants. Uh, and now we've seen a lot of success actually talking directly to developers uh, we are in the process of completing a uh, really exciting 12-unit project here in Charlotte where it was a former um, apartment complex, 12-unit uh, multifamily apartment complex uh, that the owner has renovated and really wants to see used uh, appropriately. So he's working with us on turning that entire complex into a basically mini, mini uh, Airbnb boutique hotel, which is really exciting. Hmm. So. Initially, cold reach out, but as, as that goes, you know, you establish relationships and networking and um, really interesting opportunities happen with multifamily developers recently. Awesome. Now, explain to me the advantages of doing it that way than just, I guess, trying to open up, you know, turn that 12-unit property just into a hotel. Yeah, I think uh, the first one would be zoning, right? Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the big one that jumps out. Um, and, you know, finding the right tenant uh, for that the hotel tenant or management company. Uh, and, and this gentleman is uh, also has a long-term understanding of where the industry is going uh, and sees much more demand for his properties as, as Airbnbs as opposed to hotels. Plus, you know, they're traditional apartments in the sense of they have, you know, a bathroom, uh, a, a kitchen, a full kitchen, uh, a, a separate bedroom and a living area, uh, which is, you know, not what a typical hotel is like. So 
it makes more sense to turn it into a boutique Airbnb space. Talking about, of course, you know, code and, and permitting and zoning, what is, how do you protect yourself from the downside? Now I'm thinking of one particular area. I'm, I'm Jersey City just had a big kind of ruling where they were kind of pushing back and um, almost eliminating short-term rentals with a few thresholds. And there was a lot of people doing them there. And now there's a big, I guess, um, contest between, you know, or dispute between Airbnb and, and all those tenants versus the city of Jersey City. What, what can be put in place or what, what are some of the, um, I guess, I don't know, loophole is not the word, but what, how, do you, how do you safe clause what's happening? Yeah, so for sure, it's, it's a great question, Jason. What we do is we have a provision in our contract that says if, in the scenario that the state or the, the city, the municipality issues a, a regulatory ban of short-term rentals and they are being enforced, uh, then we have the right to break the lease. And that's not been a issue with any of the uh, owners that we've worked with because they understand that's part of the, the risk they're taking. Um, and, you know, we're also aware of the regulatory market in Charlotte uh, and the fact that it's one that's very open to short-term rentals and Airbnbs. Uh, and, you know, this, this whole space is so fragmented still. Uh, I'll give you a great example. The city of, of uh, Raleigh passed ordinances against allowing short-term rentals in, in, in its city. Uh, but then at the beginning of this, this month, or actually at the beginning of July, uh, the North Carolina General Assembly passed a, passed a ruling that uh, outlawed the city from issuing those, those ordinances. So now it's a back open, open game for anybody in the state. So uh, we're seeing a lot of that back and forth. Uh, and as anything goes with regulations, they're slow to enact and even slower to be uh, enforced. Uh, so that gives a certain leeway, especially early on. Awesome. And that's great feedback right there. That little clause in, in the contract is so imperative, right? But it, but right. again, you know, it, it's part a part of the changing environment there. So people sometimes push back on change, but ultimately it's going to be part of society in some fashion or other. So people are going to adapt in some way to make it work. Exactly. I mean, uh, anything. Uh, the, the hotel industry has got, went through this exact same scenario. We see it with Uber as well, uh, and, you know, traditional taxi. Uh, it's, it's just, form, it's, it's part of the process. Uh, you know, as more and more uh, travelers start utilizing Airbnb, the city, the city's municipalities are going to be losing out on significant uh, tax revenue if they don't um, work with, with operators and hosts. So uh, yeah. long term, it's a win for them. It's, but as you, as we all know, with government, everything takes a little bit longer than it should. So. Yeah, that, that, and that's a great point. So now looking at this here in terms of what we had, in terms of really, I guess, owners, is there some, is there a particular, uh, I, don't know, I don't know about typecast, but a particular owner who, you know, is usually more open to it, you know, someone who's a little more internet savvy or an older owner, is there, there a typical person that you find is usually more engaged to the, to the, um, the idea? Yeah, uh, definitely more entrepreneurial and progressive owners. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, we've had a lot of success with uh, owners that are uh, have their first uh, investment, first investment property. So basically, anyone uh, from the late twenties to the early fifties, we've seen most success with uh, ones that see the upside, uh, uh, both for them and for the space, and, and are willing to do it. Um, it, but again, it's it's a lot of cold reach outs and a lot of no's. But again, that's okay, right? Yeah, uh, that's part of part of the game. Do you so when when working with owners, I'm sure the question comes up, and especially from people who are trying to mimic this, why don't these owners just do it themselves? 
and some of them are starting to do it themselves. Uh, and you know, those owners we actually encourage them to do it themselves. Uh, you have owners who are ter- they just want to full turnkey services. They they give it to us. That you have owners that want full turnkey services but want to participate in the upside. So those owners we actually manage the properties on behalf of them, right? So we charge them a management fee. They participate in the upside, uh, and you know it's a it's lower upfront cost for us. And then the third set of owner that we've started to work with, they want to do it themselves, uh, but they don't know where to get started. So we've actually over the last four or five months released uh, some technology uh, and made it available to those owners to make it easier for them to be Airbnb hosts, things like that automate their uh, their homes on their behalf to turn them into uh, into productive and profitable Airbnb rentals, basically a Airbnb in the box technology solution. That's That's been really successful to, to uh, over the last few months and uh, the, the response we've gotten for it, for it has been great. Uh, it's an educational tool, but then also an automation tool that turns Airbnbs into a passive uh, solution, uh, passive income solution, so which is really fun. What are some of those automations that, that you're putting in place that uh, the, the average owner is missing out on? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, the crazy thing about Airbnbs and a lot of people aren't aware of this or they choose to be unaware of it is access, right? Uh, usually when you stay at an Airbnb, you have a lockbox that you use to get a code and then a key from the lockbox. So some of them have a smart door lock uh, where you enter a code. Well, uh, truth be told, those codes are never changed. It's been the same code for the last year, two years. So any guest can come and go as they want. Um, so what we do is we uh, ask you to connect your smart home device, which is really easy to do, to our software, which is then connected to your Airbnb account. And based on that, we set lock codes on the lock and message that lock code to the guest. And the lock code only works for the guest during their stay. Uh, and it's the it's always the last four digits of the guest phone number. So it makes it immensely simple to do. Um, the other thing that it does, it um, automates the thermostat. So when nobody's staying in the unit, we turn off the AC. Uh, because there's no need to, to cool a space that's empty, right? Hence, yep. increasing the overall profits. Right before a guest there, we turn it. Right before a guest arrives, we turn it back on. Um, things, things of that nature. We do Wi-Fi monitoring. Uh, if Wi-Fi goes down, we reset it for them. Uh, we have a application with Roku where guests are able to log into their favorite streaming accounts, Netflix, Hulu, whatever the case may be, and then after they leave, everything gets logged out, and the next guest has their login credentials in there. So. And all that's automated and communicated to the guests automatically through our system. So things like that take off a significant portion of the workload that a owner has to do, which is yeah, really right. Yeah, and that's one of the big parts right here is that you're looking to to create this passivity in it, and really for that, it's just but it also fulfill the guest needs and make this a viable experience so they want to come back over and over. That's exactly, and you know, uh, it's lessons that we learned hosting 70 properties we took those and turned them into a solution for us for specifically for our own property management company but then we had hosts ask for it themselves and started giving it to them and now we've we've made it basically available to anybody else who wants it so those are kind of our three service offerings right now we manage it all for you uh under a fixed price we call a fixed model we pay you a fixed price for it we take on the risk the second offering is we manage it on your behalf. You, you, you participate in the upside. And the third model is you want to manage yourself but don't know where to start. Here are some tools that will get you 80% there. That's great. Where do you find that? Uh, to find that on rabu.com. So just on our website, R-A-B-B-U.com. Um, the full suite is, is on there. 
where where is Rabu going today? Where 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 is the next two, three, four years of the landscape look like? So we've uh, really over the last probably two months, we've seen a lot of traction working directly with property investors who want to get into the Airbnb space. Uh, so we are continuing to grow and provide them the tools to be able to do so. Uh, we are expanding geographically on our own management side, but that's a slower rollout. Obviously, there's some you know constraints there. So uh, we anticipate the growth on the technology side to be much more significant very quickly. Um, so you know we just had our first uh, installations of our uh, software in Canada, which is really exciting to see. So we've actually crossed the border into Canada, uh, and we basically can cover anywhere in North America on the technology side. On the management side, we're primarily still focused on the southeast, uh, but you know, we'll see where the market takes us. Uh, if there's a strong opportunity that presents itself in New York or Ohio or on the West Coast, uh, we're more than willing to, to you know, head out there. What would be the three top things you would look for in a market if you were going to go into it? Uh, one, I want it to be urban and fast growing. Um, so a market like Charlotte, Charlotte's one of the fastest growing cities and it's really popular uh, with the you know, younger demographic, right? So urban and, and growing. Uh, so you know, Charlotte, uh, Austin, uh, Orlando, surprisingly, is one of them. Denver, Colorado, uh, city, cities like that. Phoenix, uh, they've seen some great results. Um, where real estate is still somewhat affordable, that's another obviously important aspect of it. Real estate has to be affordable um, uh, by all standards. Uh, and then uh, the third is really uh, entertainment and events that are coming to that town, right? So, um, and uh, young neighborhoods uh, and their establishment. Uh, awesome. you know, surprisingly, like Cleveland is a really interesting city right now. It's certain parts of Detroit because of the uh, rejuvenation of certain areas uh, mm-hmm. are, are becoming really good good targets uh, for anybody who does Airbnb. Uh, Long term, uh, you know, a, a year or so from now, I really see the opportunity back in the more traditional vacation markets. Uh, and the reason I say that is we've learned that working with uh, some of the more established vacation rental managers uh, in uh, in in more vacation sit- vacation based cities. Uh, has been problematic for everyone involved um, just because they're used to doing things a certain way. Uh, and for example, they would rather rent their homes on uh, older, older websites on their own websites as opposed to utilizing the marketplaces that are available out there now like Airbnb uh, and now Google and some of the others. Yep. So um, we anticipate a significant change there from the old guard to a new guard. Uh, so those are some really interesting opportunities out there. I love it. I love it. Well, this is great. I really appreciate it. You know, we had you on, it's what, been two years. It's one of the highest listened to podcasts, Airbnb. There's a lot of interest investors out there just trying to understand, you know, they get it, they get the concept, you know, but, they, but just understand how to implement this either as their business or with their business. Um, before we let you go, give us, give us one thing that you see for people who don't, get this idea down? Where do they fall off regularly? Where, where do they consistently fail at that they could improve on or they need to make sure this is in place so they can have a successful business? Yeah, I mean, it's setting up the initial infrastructure for scale. Uh, the, the problem with Airbnb still, the biggest opportunity with Airbnb still is, as I mentioned earlier, it's such a fragmented market and there's no uh, really playbook on how to operate within it. Uh, so 
starting early and exploring some of the technology options and finding the right cleaning team is incredibly important. The one thing I always recommend to anybody I talk to though is do the cleanings yourself first. Uh, and the reason I say that is you need to understand what the cleaner sees on a day-to-day -day basis and it's gonna allow you to manage that cleaning team uh, better going forward. Uh, you, need, you know, cleaning is honestly the number one aspect of the vacation rental management piece or Airbnb management piece that you need to be aware of. Uh, and the best way to do that is by doing the first five cleanings yourself so you can see the little things that need to be done. Uh, and so you can appropriately yeah. communicate that with the cleaner that you work with. Uh, because otherwise, um, you know, they can say they did a good job and you have to take them for their, for their word, but you really yeah. don't know. Um, so I, I, those, that's a big recommendation for sure. Awesome feedback. I love it. Well, Amir, where, where can everybody find you? Tell us um, where's the best place to reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, best ways to please reach out is via our website, rabu.com, R-A-B-B-U.com. Um, and then uh, me personally, it's Amir, E-M-I-R, at rabu.com. I'm at the space right now where I really just want to share the Airbnb idea with as many people as possible. So we're being very active in the, in the uh, real estate uh, investment community. Uh, so if you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll do my best to get back to you. I'm a zero inbox guy, so I'll respond to everyone. Uh, if you have any questions, anything specific, have a market in mind uh, or anything of that nature, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to answer any questions. I knew there was a few unicorns out there like yourself, zero inbox guys. So I, I, I live by it. Uh, it drives my wife crazy when I pull out my phone in the middle of dinner, but I just, you know, I love the opportunity. I love what I'm doing and, yeah. and I want to make sure that it's tended, tended for appropriately. Well, it shows in how you're performing, Amir. It's awesome work. Excited to see we have you on again and to see how much you guys have grown from there. So awesome work. Thanks for coming back on the show. We really appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you for having me, Jason. Appreciate it. Good. Well, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Huge thank you to Amir for coming back on the show. Thank you to all the listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now.